disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. Everybody knows that Hollywood is bonkers. It's gone woke. It's totally lost its soul. Comedy isn't funny anymore. Movies aren't entertaining anymore. They're only concerned with one thing, and that's wokeness. And it makes it boring and dull and generic and bland. Well, my friend Christian Toto, who has a website called Hollywood and Toto, and if you haven't checked it out, you need to put it in your favorites. Um, but he's actually got a new book out as well. You've seen his writing. He writes for the Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's site. He also writes for the New York Post, which, by the way, is the one of the oldest newspapers in America. It was founded by none other than Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers. Um, but he writes for the New York Post, and he's got a new book out. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. It's called Virtue Bombs, um, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. It's like 18 bucks. Totally great Christmas gift to pre-order this or New Year's gift or whatever you want to call it. It's an synopsis of Inside Hollywood's de- descent into dreary, dull, leftist groupthink, as he likes to write about it. Christian Toto is very astute. Um, he always dreamed of being a Hollywood critic, and now he is one for some major publications. He never thought he would write a book, but here he is with his very own book, and I think you'll really enjoy it. But this conversation kind of sets the tone for how Hollywood has lost its soul. So check this out. We'll, uh, we'll, I think you will enjoy this. And again, his book is available to pre-order on Amazon. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They've been with us since the beginning. I freaking love these guys. Um, I don't just talk about them because they sponsor the program. I talk about them because I believe in them. And even if they didn't sponsor the program, I'd tell you that if you were looking for someone to do your kitchen, you need to call Tim Montgomery at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops because they did our kitchen and they did our master bathroom. And I'm really confident that one of the reasons our house, when we moved to Colorado, we sold our house in Kentucky and we loved our house in Kentucky. It was beautiful. But when we first moved in, the kitchen was drool. And this island that just didn't work right. And uh, so I called Tim, brought him in. He came in, looked in, cocked his head to the side, kind of scratched his head a minute, and he goes, I can fix that. So we asked him to fix it, and he did. And and the kitchen was beautiful. And they put these beautiful quartz countertops. You can choose any kind of countertop you want with Louisville cabinets and countertops. We went with quartz. It was a little lower maintenance, a little more expensive, but a little lower maintenance, and it was beautiful. We were very happy with that decision. But whatever you're looking for, whether it's solid surface of another type, granite, quartz, or even laminate, they can do any of that for you. And they've got cabinets in stock. Again, you don't have to worry about the supply chain crisis with them. Cabinets in stock of every style you can imagine. And you can go and see them at their gallery at 6200 Hit Lane, right there in Louisville on the Oldham County line. Um, give them a call and talk to one of their designers. Let them know what it is you're looking for and let them show you what they can do. Or again, stop by that gallery. Phone number is 502-930-3304 or LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. Now my conversation with Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com, The New York Post, Daily Wire, and his new book, Virtue Bombs. Christian, great to have you back again. Appreciate you coming on. Ah, great to be here. Thanks so much. You have this new book out, and it is, I'm looking at it on Amazon right now. It is a great idea for a stocking stuffer or a Christmas gift because it's very inexpensive. And I can't wait to read every word of it because you are always very astute and you have a good read and a good bead on what's going on with Hollywood. But what inspired you to write this? 
You know, I, I met, uh, I was talking to one of the uh, publishers of the book, just on a conversation not related to anything about books at all, but he said to me, we should do a book together, which was kind of flattering, but then I thought, what would I write about? I've never written a book before. So, uh, and it took about eight seconds to realize what I wanted to cover in a book of any kind. And it's woke Hollywood. It's, it's killing me. It's killing the industry. Uh, you know, I, I got into this business of, of covering Hollywood because I love movies. I mean, I grew up with watching movies. My dad taught me to watch Abbott and Costello when I was a little guy. And, uh, you know, I, I basically shaped my entire career around doing so. And then later I kind of became a right of center critic. But again, I was just reviewing movies and covering film. And now, I mean, look, look around us. Look what's happening in Hollywood. Look at the, the messaging, the lecturing, uh, the posturing, the virtue signaling. And it's not just annoying. It really does impact negatively the stories that uh, stream into our homes. Yeah, I mean, it's unfunny. Like, the things that are supposed to be funny. I was looking at a story the other day that uh, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Kimmel, all of their ratings have gone down for three or four straight months. And it kind of coincides with just the level of propaganda that they've put out about the vaccine and the masks and all that stuff. But the constant, it's not funny anymore. Like, Saturday Night Live lost its soul a long time ago. It used to be hilarious because they made fun of everybody. Yes, politics was a thing. Culture was a thing. We made fun of things in our culture. We made fun of things in politics. And they didn't care who was in office. And now, you know, when Obama was elected, Saturday Night Live made it very clear, we're just not going to make fun of him. And it's like, what? why? I mean, if the idea is like we're going to have the first black president in America, why would we treat him any differently than any other president in the history, right? Wouldn't the, wouldn't the right thing to do to be uh, to be accepting of having that be to treat him exactly how we treated every, every other uh, president presidential office holder? It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean that it is insulting to Obama, really, where he can't handle a few barbs. Of course he can. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Jay Farrow, one of the players on SNL during that era, was tasked with playing President Obama. And later on, looking back, he gave an interview, and, and I never forget this quote. He says. They gave up on that Obama thing right. <laughs> talking about the show. And now when you watch it today, you can just tell where the jokes are going. You can tell who they are actively protecting. It's mm-hmm. very obvious. And, you know, I, I, it's been an evolution, and certainly President Trump uh, changed everything in this regard. But I, I, I kind of connect it back to Tina Fey. Tina Fey uh, portrayed Sarah Palin, and she was very funny. It was a, a, an on-point uh, caricature. But I think it really left a mark, and it showed that, hey, you know, comedy can influence the way we look at these public figures. I think, I think you know, one of the reasons why Palin's star fell was that she was kind of viewed as this cartoonish character. And, you know, she deserves some of the blame for some of it, but a lot of it attached to Tina Fey. It was a very devastating portrait. And uh, people said, you know, I can see I can see Russia from my house, which she never said. And I, I suspect that comedians across the landscape said – you know, we've got some power here. We can, we can, you know, change narratives. We can influence narratives. And also we can cover up when our preferred politicians do badly by not joking about it. Yeah. And that's where we are today. And, and humor is just not even a part of that equation. Don't, often. don't you think their power, though, is the first victim of that? Like, because, OK, like that Tina Fey thing. You're right. She was very funny as, as Sarah Palin and she nailed it. Um as you pointed out, Sarah Palin never said, I can see Russia from my house, which ironically, there's a during the wintertime, there is a part of Alaska that you can literally walk <laughs> to Russia from when the ocean is frozen over. And it's like two miles and you literally can see it from a house on that island. But that's beside the point. Um, 
that in a way by recognizing and then deciding that they were going to go all in on one side, they lost that influence because that was funny, but there were so many equally funny opportunities to make fun of Obama. There are enormous opportunities to make fun of Trump. There are enormous opportunities to make fun of Biden. And when you only pick one side, you literally alienate half the audience and the other half of the audience doesn't have a sense of humor anyway, because they're lefties. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, it's complicated. I, I think what they're doing, though, is they're really opening up uh, an opportunity for people either on the right or, or just who are fair joke tellers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they could step in and tell the jokes that aren't being told. You see Ryan Long doing that with the whole woke situation. He's, he's, very, he's aggressively apolitical. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know his videos, you may have seen some of them. They're great. But he goes after the whole woke sentiment in a way that Saturday Night Live will never do and, and Colbert will never do. And so he's, you know, he's got a following. Tim Dillon, uh, Joe Rogan, J.P. Sears, all these different comedy voices mm-hmm. are really getting some traction because there's such an opening. Look at the Babylon Bee. It's an amazing satire oh, yeah. site. Yeah. Yeah. And they're good at what they do, don't get me wrong, but they're also doing it in a vacuum because The Onion won't do it right. and, and Jimmy Fallon's not going to go there. So they've got a playing field to themselves and they're crushing it in a way. Yeah. Well, which one? Was it Kimmel or Fallon? I think it was Kimmel that did the thing with uh, Trump's hair. Oh, it's Fallon, and he he has to yeah. stop apologizing for it. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing about that was like that. This is where their brilliance is. It's in humanizing figures that seem unhuman. You know, Trump was a bigger than life character. Presidents of the United States are bigger than life characters, and the, that part of the job of the comedian is to is to bring those guys down to a level that everyone else. You know what I mean? That's part of the goal. Yeah. And when you when you give up on that, it's it's just it's sad. And to your point, I, I kind of think that, like, for instance, I think Dave Chappelle literally trolled the left. I think that whole special was designed to troll the left. And it worked. Quite possibly. It's been a fascinating thing to behold. And by the way, Jimmy Fallon, I think it was a couple of days ago, had President Biden on air. Yeah. And it was like an infomercial. Yeah. And he, you know, he's done that in the past. He used to do it with Obama. He's done it with other politicians. And I'm thinking, gosh, you know, a couple of thoughts. One is, if you're a left of center person and you enjoy comedy and you enjoy political satire, aren't you bored of what you're seeing? Yeah. How many jokes <laughs> yeah. about Don Jr. can Colbert and company tell before you think, oh, my gosh, he's not in he's not anywhere near the corridors of power. Right. But but uh, President Vice President Harris is and AOC is. Why aren't we picking a little fun at them when they go awry? Right. I, it just I, I I don't know how liberals are even tolerating that. I mean, I understand generically why they may still prefer it, but Trump's out of office. You've got a guy in there now who's not doing a great job. The poll numbers are horrific. When is when is Stephen Colbert going to crack a a really tart joke about him? Yeah. I, I think never. Well, I think I think that the reason behind that we're talking with Christian Toto, to- Hollywood and Toto. Uh, dot com and you can check out his new book virtue bombs i think that that is what shows us that what they want on that particular side more than anything is power because any that's why they can't that's why kamala harris laughs awkwardly at everything right like when when she's talking about you know electric cars the other day and then doesn't even know where to put the plug in right because they're not in touch with normal human beings and anything that breaks that facade and forces them to be real you know, deters from that goal for power. And it's sad that our comedians and that our entertainers are letting them get away with that. That That's what bugs me. Yeah, it bugs me too. And there, you look across the landscape, there's 
so much fodder that you could just jump into as a comedian, and they're just ignoring it. But you know, also one of the things about the uh, the pandemic, there have been different politicians, think have been mostly on the left, maybe maybe exclusively, but mostly, who have you know had these very draconian rules: you have to wear a mask, you can't do this, and then they flout those rules. And I think one of the this is where I think that humor really does matter because I think of a Gavin Newsom, a, a London Breed. I think if they knew that they would become late night fodder, that these comedians would hound them and mm-hmm. mock them and poke fun at them, I don't think they'd either do it or maybe even they'd have some humanity when it comes to putting down these new rules. Yeah. But they know they'll get away with it. They know that won't, that they won't become a meme. They won't become a target. They can do what they want. And ultimately that, you know, that's where the comedy, the power check comes in because, you know, if Biden's latest gaffe becomes a, a, a nightly, you know, shtick, then all of a sudden he's got to do better or his administration's got to do better or he's under more right. pressure. And I think that actually makes politicians more disciplined in yeah. a good way. Yeah. So they don't have that. No, that's a really great point. And in a, in a sense, by trying to protect and coddle the left, uh, they're actually hurting the left because it exposes more of that lack of connection. If you if you have to do better and you have to actually research, where does the plug go on an electric car? How much does groceries actually cost an average American? You have to actually do that homework. Suddenly you have governing that's being done better. You know, and I think perhaps, you know, perhaps we have that example here with Governor Polis. Perhaps he's looked at the, the, the fact that, wait a minute, you know, this is not what my state wants. So I'm going to go out there on national news and say I'm not going to force people to get vaccinated. I mean, maybe that's something. Um, have you seen the new Spider-Man movie that is making the rounds that people are saying is the opposite of what has become mostly woke Hollywood? I have. I loved it. I had a great time, and I completely agree. And I also want to recommend my friend John Nolte at Breitbart News had a great story about this today. About it is aggressively unwoke. It is all about fan service, about fun, about adventure, about jokes, about laughter. It isn't a drag. It's uplifting. It's cool. It's geeky. It's all the things you want in this kind of a movie. And there are no lectures. There's no. There's no virtue signaling. And it's so refreshing. And, you know, if you look at how much money it's going to make this weekend, we're, we're looking at maybe 150, maybe well north of that. Wow. And then you look at what some of the other more recent uh, Marvel movies have made, like Eternals, which was aggressively woke and, and, and pushed a, a diverse lineup of heroes into a much more diverse lineup of heroes. And the focus was more on that than a, a, a rollicking adventure. And again, I think Hollywood is just leaving money on the table. If they made more universal stories, less woke stories, less lecturing, they'd make more cash. But they, in a way, they don't want to do that. They'd rather kind of send their messages out into the world. Do you think that if they have success with this movie, the Spider-Man movie, if it is as successful as you say and it ends up being huge, do you think that might cause Hollywood to correct a little bit? No, I don't think they get the message. Um, I, I mean, I think we've seen a lot of similar situations. Uh, you know, the Charlie's Angels reboot mm. was super woke. Terminator's The Dark Fate was pretty woke. Yeah. We've seen other woke movies that come and gone. They've, they've suffered. You know, they've either had bad, poor ratings or bad box office. We've seen this time and time again. But, you know, the people in Hollywood wouldn't listen to our conversation. Right. They're not going to read Breitbart News or my book. They're not going to be aware of what this what the situation is. They're going to be talking to like-minded people who all think the same way and who are afraid of more independent thinking. And so they're not going to get the message. It's going to take a while before they realize and connect the dots. They will, but not right away. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, think uh, a 
perfect example of that is Taylor Sheridan's work uh, with movies like Wind River and um, you know Yellowstone, the TV, TV series. It's a blockbuster, and it it's really straight down the middle. It tells both sides of the story. It's highly entertaining. My wife referred to it last night as um, as being satisfying to watch because justice always came about in some strange, weird way. Uh, and they're just they're not going to get that at all. I, I totally agree with you um, because there's examples of unwoke programs that are doing very well, but it doesn't seem to be influencing the broader culture. The book is called Virtue bombs how hollywood got woke and lost its soul uh it's available now right i'm looking at it on amazon so obviously people can go buy it right now you can pre-order it now it's coming out in a month january 18th but i'd love for people to pre-order i i'm new at the book writing business but i'm told that pre-orders do matter it is coming soon if you order it now it'll get there on the 18th or so and uh i just you know i mean selfishly i want my book to sell well but i also think we need to send a message and every time something like this comes about if, if, if it were to be a splash, if it were to be successful, then more and more people would realize, hey, there's an appetite for unwoke stuff. That's what the Spider-Man movie is doing right now. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I hope that the pre-sales go super fe- super well for you, and I think they will. Uh, I do think people are hungry for this message, and I think you're going to be very good at the book thing. I've read a lot of your work on The Daily Wire. You write extremely well. Your stuff is very cogent. It's very well put together, and it's entertaining to read. You're pithy. You're witty. You're everything I would want to read in a book like this. So hopefully people will order that right away and it's on Amazon. Hey, thanks, Christian. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for coming. All right. Have a good one. Uh, Christian Toto, uh, it's hollywoodintoto.com is the website and the book is called Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. How about that? I love that guy. He's super cool. We'll have him on again. We've had him on before, but we'll have him on again. But now that he's written that book, I just really wanted to get the word out about it because I think it's a super important topic. And we were talking about the Spider-Man movie and maybe that's what is a sign because they've made a ton of money and it shows you that you don't have to be woke to make money. In fact, it might actually be the opposite, right? People understand instinctively and appreciate diversity. We love diversity. That's what makes America America, right? We don't have to be lectured about it by Hollywood. And we can still laugh at ourselves and each other a little bit. And that's not a problem. In fact, it shouldn't be a problem. Otherwise, we're too weak. You know, we kind of got to get over ourselves a little bit. But I, I love the book and uh, love his stuff. So, again, Christian, it's uh, HollywoodandToto.com. Christian Toto, author of Virtue Bombs. You can find that on Amazon. Read his stuff on the New York Post and the Daily Wire. Big thanks again to our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Um, if you're in the market to do your dream kitchen right now with interest rates low and equity high, it's a great time to take advantage of that. And if maybe that last thing to make your house your dream house is your kitchen, man, that's a great thing to spend some of your equity on because it is also an investment. A great kitchen will sell a house. We believe that the work Louisville Cabinets and Countertops did on our kitchen helped our house sell in less than a day. It really matters when people walk into a house. Or if you're going to stay in it forever, it really matters when you're up in the morning and you're getting that first cup of coffee and you realize, hey, I really like this kitchen. I like this place. I like my home. It's huge because the kitchen truly is the heart of your home. And they did a fantastic job for us. You don't have to take my word for it. How about Google reviews? Steph writes, excellent product, fast, uh, fantastic service after the sale. I love the SaaS. The service after the sale, that's everything to me when I'm doing business with somebody. Says, would definitely do business with this company again. Or Kathy, who says, worked with Tim and his team on a kitchen remodel and couldn't be happier. I will use them again if I ever have another kitchen bath product project. Pretty cool. Check them out at LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. If you're a do-it-yourselfer and you know what you want, they have cabinets of every style, high quality, affordably priced, in stock right now. You can go to the website and see what they've got. It's pretty amazing. 
again, if you're in Louisville, Odom County, or Southern Indiana, this is your place. Stop by the showroom at 6200 Hit Lane or call their designers and tell them, again, what you're looking for. Let them show you what they can do. 502-930-3304. 502-930-3304. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Big thanks to Dynamics Audio Productions for their help with the audio on this program. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show and at uh, Great Lilando on Instagram. Um, also, you can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. And each of those platforms, just search for The Disruption Zone. It'll take you right to it. You can subscribe for free. You can share it with your friends. And then fresh new episodes delivered to your pocket. Thanks again for listening. I am Leland Conway, The Disruption Zone.